What is up, everybody? God bless YouTubers, podcast listeners. Uh, thank you for being here. My name is Dave Nelson. Welcome again to the Bible teaching channel of A Love Outreach. I just went ahead and smashed that go live button here uh, on for YouTube. And uh, I am going to go ahead and talk our way through another chapter of Proverbs. Today is the 28th day of the month of July. So today we will go ahead and take a look at Proverbs chapter 28. So if you've come upon this recording, um, this video, whichever the case may be, and uh, you are in a position where you can do so, you have some time on your hand, I strongly encourage you to go ahead and open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 28. Today, we will see how we can gain wisdom from the Word of God. Um, I also strongly encourage you to study the Bible for yourself. Study it on your own. Dig deep into it. Um, quite honestly, as I open up Proverbs 28, here. I am reading it for the first time today, not the first time in my life, but the first time today. I do not have any notes prepared as I have been going through these Proverbs. So um, that's why it's important for you to study it even deeper than what I'm going to talk about today, because quite frankly, that's what I'm doing, talking my way through the Proverbs here and hoping to uh, you know, exhort you, edify you, help you as I read this to help my own life. So let's go ahead and start reading in verse one of chapter 28 of Proverbs. It says, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as lion, as a lion. Now, what immediately just popped into my head there was the wicked, the wicked flee when no one pursues. It reminds me of the person that is up to no good a lot in their life. Maybe they make poor choices in their lives on what they do, how they live, who they hang around with, all of that kind of stuff. And you're always having to look over your shoulder. Um, be it, you know, you're looking over your shoulder to see if law enforcement's coming after you. Uh, the government's coming after you, this or that's coming after you. You're constantly in that mindset of fleeing when no one is even pursuing you. But because of the sin in your life, as a wicked person, and I hope I'm not talking to any wicked people, I'm not really insinuating that, but there are wicked people in the world, and that is uh, people that choose to walk in habitual sin and evil and you know, stealing and killing and taking from other people, all of that kind of stuff, just lying, bearing false witness, all the things that we've talked about in other chapters of Proverbs. But that wicked person has to constantly look over their shoulder and constantly be fleeing when no one is pursuing. But then verse one says on the flip side, it says, but the righteous are bold as a lion. If you're living righteously, if you are a person who has chosen in your life to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then you can be bold as a lion because you've got nothing to hide. You can stand straight and tall. You can be seen. You can be known in the public and everything like that because you're living righteously. 
But if you're hiding sin and you're doing things behind the scene that aren't righteous, that aren't holy, you know, in the way that you live, well, then you're going to kind of be like that wicked person that's kind of fleeing when nobody's pursuing. Again, always looking over your shoulder, wondering when something's going to catch up to you. And the fact of the matter is, is it will catch up to you. Anything hidden will be clearly seen and clearly known someday. That's why the Lord calls, calls us to righteousness. And how do we come to righteousness? We come to righteousness through coming to Jesus Christ, through repenting of our sin, having faith in him. Then he fills us with his spirit and his spirit um, fills us with a fruit, many fruit, the fruit of the spirit, like love and peace and joy and temperance, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, all of that kind of stuff. We become that person that allows us to live a life that is bold as a lion simply because we're walking in righteousness and we're not trying to hide things. So once again, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Then verse two says, because of the transgression of a land, many are its princes, but by a man of understanding and knowledge, right will be prolonged. So you see, when it speaks of princes here, it's speaking of those that are in authority, that have to look over the land and make sure things are going well, right? Maybe there's, there's law and order in the land and that kind of stuff, right? And that's because of the transgression of the land. And it's really the people of the land that are transgressing, right? Doing wrong things. That's why we have law enforcement today, right? To keep law and order, to keep people like back in verse one, the wicked people, people that are setting out to do no good, um, we, they've got to keep control of it. But on the flip side of verse two here, it says, but by a man of understanding and knowledge, right will be prolonged. So remember, as we've read through Proverbs, some of the other Proverbs, it's constantly encouraging us to get understanding and to get knowledge and to know what's right and to know what's wrong and to choose what's right and to avoid what is wrong. That's what we see throughout the book of Proverbs. Well, the right and righteousness will be prolonged in the land because of people that live with the proper knowledge and the proper understanding of what right and wrong is, okay? But again, we do have wicked in our land. We do have evil in our land, people that want to do wrong, people that want to continue in the sin and per perpetuate sin in the land and in their own lives, right? Then verse three here, he kind of switches gears a little bit. A poor man who oppresses the poor is like a driving rain, which leaves no food. In other words, it makes no sense. What good is that? Come on, you, you yourself are a poor man and you're oppressing the poor instead of trying to help the poor. You know, maybe I think of people today that maybe go on to fame and fortune or something like that in our land and they become wealthy, right? And maybe they come out of a bad neighborhood. They come out of a bad situation themselves, themselves, right? And then they just do things that help the poor people where they grew up remain poor. You know, they're, they're um, you know, per perpetuating that poorness, right? Because they're not doing anything good. They're not going back with knowledge and understanding and saying, hey, let's, let's change this. Let's make things better. Let's stop living the way we are. And that's like a driving rain. In other words, you finally get a good rain like here in the desert today um, in Arizona. 
in the valley here. We've got some good rain throughout the valley. Um, and and I love the rain, first of all, and the rain produces something good, right? It's gonna, it's gonna water the land. I've got a farm field behind my house here and uh, it, it does good. But when there's a driving rain and it, it left nothing, it left no good, no, nothing grows as a result of the rain, which doesn't happen, but that's what Solomon is saying here. That's what a poor person is like who oppresses the poor, you know, who doesn't try to um, help others around them, even though they themselves, because they themselves under, should understand anyway what it's like, okay? And we can apply that to many aspects, many areas of our lives by saying, okay, you know, what is it that I struggle with? What is, it, what is it that I have suffered with? What is it that I have gone through that I can now in turn go back and comfort someone else and do good for them, right? So that's, that's our God, right? The God of all comfort, the Bible tells us, right? He comforts us in all of our trials and such so that we in turn may be able to comfort others in theirs. And that's, that's you know, what the Holy Spirit does in a person's life works good within you so that you can then go and work good amongst others, amongst others around you and, and such, right? Now, verse four says, those who forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. So let's take the back half of that verse first. Okay, I'm reading verse four of Proverbs chapter 28. The back half of that verse says, but such as keep the law contend with them. Who is that that you are, we are to contend with, who we are to fight against? That is the wicked. Those that are doing evil in the land, those that are committing crime, they need, they need to be brought to justice, right? But those who forsake the law, in other words, they don't really care about the law, they praise the wicked because in a sense, you're just letting them get away with everything. We have that in our judicial system today in many cases, it seems, where criminals are, you know, doing things and then they're back right out on the streets again to do it again. Repeat offenders, right? They're constantly doing this instead of judging with these or judging these people in the way they need to be judged to put a stop to the wicked, right? To put a stop to the evil that goes on in the world. It's common sense, folks. It really is. You, you deal with evil. You deal with wrong, right? You don't sympathize with it. You deal with it. Okay, verse five, evil men do not understand justice. That's what I'm talking about, right? Evil men do not understand justice. They don't get it. I'm reading the first half of verse five there. Evil men do not understand justice. What's that mean? They're like, oh, why? Why are you messing with me? Oh, why are you doing this to me? Oh, why, why, don't, you, why don't you just leave me alone? Whatever they may say, right? Because they don't understand justice. Again, common sense, right? We've got to keep justice. We've got to keep law and order in the land. The second half of verse five says, but those who seek the Lord understand all. Why do we understand all if we seek the Lord? Well, because the Lord's all knowing. And if we're getting our lifestyle, our information and the way we live from the Lord and his spirit within us, well, then we, we have an understanding of how to live. We're to live righteously, soberly in this present age, right? As it says in Titus chapter two. And then verse six goes on and says, better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one perverse in his ways, though he be rich. 
What is it? What's the emphasis here? Integrity is the emphasis here. Walking in integrity. It doesn't matter if you're poor. If you're if you're a man of or a woman of high integrity, whichever the case may be, then you are far better off than a rich man who is perverse in his ways or a rich woman who is perverse in his ways. Why are you far better off? You might not think you're better off from the standpoint of an from the earthly standpoint, right? Because you know maybe that rich person has prospered by being perverse in their way, right? And uh, you may say, well, look at that. Well, yeah, but we're not talking about what, if you are a Christian and you're a born again Christian and you've given your life to Jesus Christ, then you understand that you're just passing through. You're traveling lightly. This, this place ain't your home. This isn't the final stop. This isn't where we belong. We've not got there yet. And in the end, that's where we're going to be. But living righteously, living holy, living in an upright manner, walking in integrity matters as should matter to you as a person that is filled with the spirit of the Lord, right? Then verse seven says, uh, whoever keeps the law is a discerning son, but a companion of gluttons shames his father. So that son, even that daughter, that does what's right, that does what's good. They're honoring their mother and father when they're doing it. They're walking in ways that are pleasing to their parents, their guardian, whoever it may be. And ultimately they're walking in ways that are pleasing to the Lord. That shows they've got discernment and they're walking properly. But a companion of gluttons shames his father. Gluttons, when we think of gluttony, we think of overeating, but gluttony can be over everything. You know, uh, you know, too much partying, too much drinking, too much, you know, running around with the wrong crowd and all of that stuff. You end up shaming those over you, your father, your mother, whoever it may be. You shame your family name in many ways and such like that if you run around in a riotous manner like that. Verse eight says, one who increases his possessions by usury and extortion gathers it for him who will pity the poor. Again, just another verse saying it's going to catch up to you. Your sin catches up to you. Yeah, you may be getting away with something for a while and it may turn out that, you know, if you live 80 years on the earth, you, you got, got away with it your whole life. But in the end, you're going to face the judgment. Because in the end, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And Jesus Christ is calling us to seek the kingdom of God and righteousness and walk in that way and walk in a holy manner and in a good manner. So verse nine says, one who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even, even his prayer is an abomination. <laughs> Do you get what's being said here? Like, we are to do what's right. There, there are, there, like even in the laws of the land, I mean, we're not talking about biblical, I'm not talking about biblical laws right now when I'm saying this, but even the laws of the land, you know, where we're supposed to obey these to be good people here on the earth and have a good society, have a peaceful society and such like that, right? If you're turning away your ear from that, in other words, you're saying, I don't care. I don't care what the law says. I'm going to do what I want. Well, don't think that your prayer is being heard by the Lord. 
if you're that type of person, because it says here, even his prayer is an abomination. Okay, so if you're not living in the right way, you know, don't expect, you know, the Lord to be on your side. And, and you may think you're getting away with something on the sin that you're hiding, you know, and you may even be naming the name of the Lord and even doing things in the name of the Lord, maybe even giving money in the name of the Lord, but yet you've got sin in your life, unrighteousness, wickedness behind the scenes that you're not repentant of, that you're not dealing with. You know, don't think that your prayer is heard. It's an abomination. Whoever causes the upright to go astray in an evil way, he himself will fall into his own pit but the blameless will inherit good. So Solomon is sticking on this same theme here. There's wrong, there's right. Do what is right. Don't hang around with people that are gonna lead you astray, people that are gonna take you along in their evil way. Don't be deceived, right? Um, bad company corrupts good morals. And eventually, it says he himself will fall into a pit. That evil person, eventually, they'll get what's coming to them. It never fails. But the blameless will inherit good. Here again, righteousness, holiness, being blameless, right? It all comes through repentance and surrendering your life to Jesus Christ, being filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit. Verse 11, the rich man is wise in his own eyes, but the poor who has understanding searches him out. So you've probably met people like this in your life. I have, right? Who they boast about their riches. They boast about how well they've done in life. They boast about everything that they gained in life, you know, and maybe all their possessions and how well they've done financially. And they think it's because they did something wise. You know, they, the rich man is wise in his own eyes but the poor who has understanding searches them out. In other words, you're gonna look at the heart of someone else and you're gonna look at what's coming out of their mouth and you're gonna look at the way they're living and all that to determine whether they're truly wise or not or whether they're really just a fool who got wealthy here on the earth like many people do, right? When the righteous rejoice, there is great glory, but when the wicked arise, men hide themselves, right? This common sense there, right? We flee from evil. The wicked arise. The wicked get in power. You, you take a step back and you say, hmm, I got to pay attention to what's going on here. Um, you know, and it says, when the righteous rejoice, there is great glory. Why would the righteous rejoice? Well, the righteous would rejoice when good things are happening in our society, when good things are happening around us and we're doing what's right and we're seeing the results of doing what's right. But then sometimes wicked comes along, oftentimes, many times, wicked comes along and kind of takes over and things start to decay and all of that and you kind of take a step back and you hide yourself from that kind of thing, right? But if we're, we should be people of prayer, praying for our nation, praying for our society around us, our communities, our neighbors, reaching out and love to people around us, right? So then um, verse 13, he who covers 
his sins will not prosper. I've been talking about that. I've mentioned that a few times here, haven't I? Covering up your sin, right? Sweeping it under the rug. It's like, you know, picture this rug that you lift up and you keep sweeping things under it. Eventually it becomes this big old pile of sin that that other people stumble on and, and you forget about and you fall on your face on as well, right? Um, so he who covers, excuse me, his sins will not prosper, but who ever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. That's the key. It's that simple, right? We all have sinned. We all have fallen short of the glory of God, but we need to be willing to confess our sin. And what's it say there? Forsake it. In other words, turn away from it. Repentance. Confess it. Repent of it. Turn away from it. Begin to walk in a righteous manner, okay? And then you'll have mercy, There'll be mercy, especially in the end, because of it. You will hear from the Lord, well done, thou good and faithful servant, rather than hearing from the Lord, depart from me, I never knew you, okay? Verse 14, happy is the man who is always reverent, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. So we should be of a soft heart. We should be reverent people, especially if we're professing the name of the Lord, if we say that we are servants of the Lord and Jesus is our king and we are his subjects, his servant in his servants in his kingdom. And if that is the case, then we sh- that that would make us reverent people. We care about the things like what is good and what is righteous and what is holy. Right, But if you harden your heart, as many people do, many people harden their heart and they fall into calamity. And then when they fall into calamity, oftentimes they curse the Lord and they say, where is the Lord in this situation? But it was all a result of their sin and their choices in life. Now look, understand, even when you come to Christ, even when you're walking in the Spirit, There is calamity. We live in a fallen world. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. He told his disciples that. And it's the case for us as well today. We suffer things in this life, but in the end, there is mercy. And we are to be a reverent people now, right? Verse 15, like a roaring lion and a charging bear, is a wicked ruler over poor people, okay? You know, you look at, again, even our society today, Jesus said, the poor you have with you always, right? And sometimes we've all gone through things in life where we've lacked, where we've been, you know, had next to nothing at some point. Maybe you never have, but a lot of people do, right? And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, when certain people are in power, they perpetuate poorness, right? They, they perpetuate that kind of thing. Um, and they're constantly, even though they may say they're on your side, they're, they're like a roaring lion and a charging, in bear, a charging bear. That's a wicked roller. That's what they do. And they, they oppress the poor even further, Right, and they they may and the poor may be looking to the government to change their situation or whatever it may be, but you know it's like it's like sometimes when uh, the governments certain governments are in charge in our world, they just want to keep the poor. They just want to keep the poor going rather than 
than just letting people be free and and do what it takes to work. And, you know, there's plenty of work to do in the land. There's plenty of things that we can do good amongst us around our society. Even when we're unemployed, there's, you got a neighborhood to go out and clean up. You got lawn to mow. You got other things that you can do in the community. You know, there's always something good to do. And uh, the reverent person, the person that cares about the land, that cares about the things of the Lord first and foremost, above all else, that person is going to be doing that type of thing. But there are rulers out there and people that get in charge that are wicked and they don't help, they're not helping the cause at all. They're not helping the poor at all, right? Verse 16, a ruler who lacks understanding is a great oppressor. But he who hates covetousness will prolong his days. So look at the, okay, so let me look at the back half of verse 16. He who hates covetousness will prolong his days. Covetousness is where you're constantly going after something. You want something you don't have. You want something someone else has. And you're constantly going after that. And a ruler who lacks understanding is a great oppressor. Right? They oppress the people. They're not helping the people in maybe the laws that they're making and things like that um, because they're trying to give maybe things to people. You know, Maybe give everybody a laptop, maybe give everybody a cell phone, maybe give everybody this or that, whatever the case may be, but you're really just oppressing people. And what we really need to be, all of us, we need to be people that hate covetousness, that don't walk in that way. And again, I'm repetitious on what I'm about to say here. I know it. But where does all that come from? It comes from Christ in you. The spirit of the Lord within you. It's the only way. It's the only way. You know, apart from him, we can do nothing. I know that in my life, I can do nothing of any value, nothing of any benefit, if not for Christ. I made a mess of my life for all the years I spent without Christ. There was nothing I could do do that was any good, you know, that had any eternal value. But now with Christ in me, I have a hope and a future. I have an eternity with Christ. Does this mean I'm righteous in every way? Does this mean I'm good in every way? No, not at all. It means he's good. He is righteous. What do I want to do? I want to submit to him and I want to be reverent to him. I want to walk in his way. I want to yield to the spirit because the scripture says, if you walk in the spirit, you, will, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So again, pointing everything back to the Lord, pointing everything back to the work of his Holy Spirit in our lives as human beings, okay? Uh, let's see, where did I leave off? Uh, I believe verse 17, a man burdened with bloodshed will flee into a pit. Let no one help him. That's that murderer, that person that... Um, you know, knows that he took someone else's life, she took someone else's life, and they just run into a pit, they're running, trying to hide, and it's not time to help this person. It's time to to bring justice to this person. Verse 18, whoever walks blamelessly will be saved, but he who is perverse in his ways will suddenly fall. Now, um, I've tied a lot of this to as I'm reading through this today here, we tied a lot of all of this to who we are spiritually, right? But remember too that Solomon talked about things in a very practical manner, 
right? How we live our daily life, we should be living blamelessly, right? And then we're going to have peace. We're going to be like that bold lion. We don't have to hide like verse one says. We don't have to flee when no one's pursuing. But if we walk in a perverse manner, like verse 18 is saying here, then yeah, we're going to suddenly fall. We're going to find ourselves in a pit. We're going to find ourselves upside down on our face and hurting because we're not choosing the way of righteousness and holiness and doing what is good. Verse 19, he who tills the land will have plenty of bread, but he who is perverse in his ways will suddenly fall. Um, Let me read that again. I mixed two verses there. He who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows frivolity will have poverty enough. Let me read it one more time. He who tills his land will have plenty of bread. What does that mean? Work. Get up, work. Do something, right? Be productive. Have a productive life where you're putting your hand to the plow, so to speak, and you're going out and you're doing something. You're working. Then you won't lack. You'll have plenty of bread. You'll have what you need. But he who follows frivolity will have poverty enough, right? You're frivolous in your ways. You're frivolous in your spending habits. You're, you throw money away. You don't really care. Well, you're going to end up in poverty as a result, right? Verse 20, a faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Take the first half, excuse me. Take the first half of the verse here. A faithful man will abound with blessings. Faithfulness. That's a fruit of the Spirit. If you have the fruit of the Spirit within you and you're faithful as a result, you will also have joy within you. You will also have peace. You will also have contentment. You won't be covetous. right? But he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished, right? In other words, hastens to be rich is just speaking of that person that they'll do whatever it takes. They don't care. They're just going to take somebody's money. They're just going to do some sort of business that just, you know, maybe maybe it's dishonest, maybe it's not honest, but their focus is money, 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 money. And it's just going to leave you high and dry. It's going to leave you empty in your soul. And you will not abound with blessings like the faithful man of verse 20 here will. Verse 21, to show partiality is not good because for a piece of bread, a man will transgress. In other words, that makes me think of, um, oh gosh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the address, but the Psalm that says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men, right? And when you look at this, uh, it says here to show partiality is not good. In other words, don't show favoritism to people because it's saying that you really can't always trust people because for a piece of bread, in other words, to get what they need, they'll transgress, they'll go against you. When the chips are down, that's kind of the way it is in the world. Now I know, I know it shouldn't be that way within Christianity, within those that are walking in the spirit. But this is the way the way of the world, okay? A man with an evil eye hastens after riches and does not consider that poverty will come upon him. Same thing we just read about the one who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. You know, it says 
a man with an evil eye hastens after riches. In other words, that person that they, they, they have evil in their heart, they have evil in their, um, their direction in life and all of that kind of stuff. They're going to do whatever it takes to get whatever they want, however they want to, and they don't care who they step on or what it means. And unfortunately, there are many people in the world like that, okay? Verse 23, he who rebukes a man will find more favor afterwards than he who flatters with his tongue. I believe it was yesterday in Psalm or um, Proverbs 27, where we read about faithful are the wounds of a friend and that open rebuke is better than love, you know, carefully concealed, I believe it said. Um, this is the same kind of thing here. He who rebukes a man will find favor afterwards. You know, you'll find favor afterwards if the person is open and willing to say, yeah, you know, you're right. Thank you. Thank you for rebuking me on that. That person is open right? It says, but that it's, it's better to show open rebuke and then to flatter with the tongue, right? Flattery is not good. If you're constantly telling somebody, I mean, think about it when you're even raising a child, right? I've seen many children raised up who are, are never corrected. They're constantly babied and, you know, talked to in a certain way that's just, you're always trying to appease them. You're always trying to flatter them. And uh, it's just going to lead to their destruction, you know, because they're not being rebuked, they're not being corrected. And uh, this is what the Bible teaches, that we need to be rebuked and we need to be corrected, right? Whoever robs his father or his mother and says, it is no transgression, the same as a companion to a destroyer. Unfortunately, that exists too, doesn't it? People steal from their own parents and they don't really care. They're just trying to get what they want. Why? Because they're that covetous person. They're after, they're just, they've got an evil eye. They're out to get whatever they want. And that's what they're bent for. He who is of a proud heart stirs up strife, but he who trusts in the Lord will be prospered. Let me read that again. He who is of a proud heart stirs up strife. That's that arrogant person. That's that loud mouthy person, always running their mouth, always talking about things, stirring up trouble, right? But he who trusts in the Lord will be prospered. Prosper. I don't know if you hear, but my I don't know how good my microphone is, but I haven't eaten today and my stomach is rumbling. So if you hear it, that's what you're hearing. <laughs> but anyway, let's see. So we, we need to trust in the Lord and that's the way of right righteousness. That's the way of what is good, doing what is right, right? Verse 26, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but whoever walks wisely will be delivered. So look, there's another Proverbs that says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. Sometimes we say, oh, I already know what's good. I already know within me what's good. And, you know, I already know everything. And, you know, I don't need to hear anything else, right? But the Bible says, ah, come on, walk wisely. What, what's walking wisely? We did talk about this in yesterday's proverb, Proverb 27, about being willing to receive counsel, being open to receive guidance and direction in your life. You know, we all, there's so much that we don't know and others do know that can help us, you know? And uh, we can't be that kind of person that's proud in our heart, okay? And the Bible calls that a fool if you're just trusting in yourself, okay? He who gives, let's see, verse 27, he who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. 
the Lord wants us to take care of the poor. If you go and you read in the book of Acts, you know, um, that's something that they established in the church, that you remember the poor, that we take care of the poor. And God, you know, if you're taking care of the poor, it's like you're lending to the Lord and the Lord will take care of you. But he says, but it says here, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. In other words, you just act like you don't see it and, you, and, and in your heart, you really don't care. It's not how the Lord wants us to be. That's not the way of love. It's not the way of the Lord. Verse 28, when the wicked arise, men hide themselves, but when they perish, the righteous increase. Uh, Self-explanatory there, isn't it? Wicked people come into power and you gotta be afraid when wicked people are in power. You gotta be concerned of what's happening in your society and things like that. But when they're out of power, when they're gone, either they, they died or <laughs> they're just out of power, whatever the case may be, um, the righteous increase because that's what we need to be seeking after again is righteousness holiness, seeking after what is good, making our priority the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So Proverbs 28, 28 verses in Proverbs chapter 28 that we've discussed today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, whichever the case may be. Um, as I've always said, if you have any questions, you can reach out to me via email, Dave at aloveoutreach.com if I can help you along in the faith. Um, and uh, you can visit our website, aloveoutreach.com. Not a whole lot out there, not a lot of bells and whistles, quite frankly, on our website, but there's a contact form there where you can contact us and reach out to us as well. But uh, God bless, and we will see you next time.